It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm Frankie Oliver, your host and founder of New Society. And today I'm joined by PR Week UK editor, John Harrington. Hello, John. Hi, Frankie. And our special guests, Charlotte Tonry, social media lead at Marks and Spencers, and Vicky Longster, social media manager at Virgin. Thank you so much for joining us. So the theme of this week's show, you may have guessed, <laughs> is social media. And we are delighted to have both Charlotte and Vicky on the show to give us some an insider's view on their departments, how social media is evolving in-house and what they think of the industry's biggest trends. So first of all, to you, Charlotte, it'd be great to understand how you structure your social media team. Um, where does the team sit within the organization and who do you report to? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, we sit within uh, the marketing team, um, within our brand marketing kind of section. Um, I report in to the head of uh, PR and social um, and we have a um, um, an expanded team now of uh, there's uh, 11 of us in total, which is super exciting. So um, we've really expanded the team from a team of um, about around four last this time last year. Um, we have, um, so myself, who's a, a social media lead, and then we have um, a section for our um, women's wear, men's wear, um, and kids wear team. We've got our home beauty and lingerie team, who sits slightly separately. And then we've got um, a community manager and a project manager within that team. Um, so that, yeah, that makes up uh, 10 or 11, but we work super closely with lots of other teams. So our design team, our creative team, um, our photography team to organize shoots and things like that. We work really uh, super closely with the PR team. Um, yeah, and lots of different different teams around the business. So. Makes sense. So communications obviously sits inside marketing and you're reporting into communications. Yes. 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 Great. So, um, Vicky, how about you? So in our social team, we cover the Virgin channels, but also Virgin Red, Virgin Red US and Virgin Trains ticketing. So... I report into our head of content, 
and we're within the content team, within the wider communications and external relations team. Um, so we're not in marketing, but we work very closely with marketing and with the PR team. Um, but yeah, we cover quite a range of different social channels and we do that from both an organic perspective, but also um, from boosting and paid. And when you say virgin channels, yes, it's <laughs> a lot of virgin businesses. How, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so when I refer to the virgin channels, it's the virgin master brand. Okay. So the handle is at virgin. Um, so we kind of bring all the virgin companies together um, under the one handle, but then every virgin company has its own separate handles um, and their own separate teams within each virgin company. Great. I wanted to know how you work with kind of, well, first of all, um, marketing. We sort of spoke about marketing briefly earlier on, but also customer service. It shows me that social media managers are really at the sort of the thick end of customer service these days. And how does that work with those those parts of the business? Yes. Yeah, so from a customer service perspective, we have a 24-7 team that are always monitoring the channels and responding to the to customer service inquiries. Um, messages do get escalated to us or to the individual Virgin companies if it's related to a specific company and not from a master brand or from a Virgin Red perspective. So we work really closely with them and making sure that the tone of voice is right. Um, but we don't manage that within our specific team. Sure. And uh, yeah, M&S. Well, it's, a yeah. Story. it's actually quite similar. At oh, M&S. Okay. So we have our um, customer service team. They actually set up, sit up in um, Chester, but we work super closely with them. They're a massive team and they've got their own kind of social media division within their customer service team. We work really closely with them um, on comments, especially when um, there's opportunity for us to be a bit more creative um, around our replies and have a bit of fun with our customers. Um, we work really closely with them if there's something that needs escalating or anything like that. Um, and we work with them on their kind of tone of voice and things like that to make sure it's really kind of succinct. So have you got somebody in your team effectively shadowing that team to make sure yeah, that you so are really com- integrated? So our community manager works really closely um, with that team. So we brief them every week um, around what, uh, what uh, content we've got coming up. Um, that gives them an opportunity to ask any questions or raise any concerns that they think might come out of um, a certain post or anything like that. But yeah, we we have a kind of Teams channels chat where we update them really regularly on what's going on and vice versa. And yeah, we've got really great relationship with them and it's really important that we have that. So Vicky, looking at how you, know, you monitor your own success and the KPIs that you set, it'd be great to give us a bit of an overview of what, what you're hoping to achieve at Virgin. Yes, definitely. So I'd say one of the key KPIs for us is engagement and engagement rate, Um, really looking at the content we're getting out, who's it going to and are they interested and are they engaging with what we're showing them. Um, We also are measured on follower numbers, um, but that is a little bit more of a vanity metric. Um, It's harder than ever to reach people organically and it's not necessarily that your followers that you are reaching. Um, So for us, it's much more about the engagement um, from a Virgin Red perspective, also measured on acquisition of members into the Virgin Red program, um, which is our rewards program across the Virgin Group. And how much do you find your online audience is matching up with your target or your social audience is matching up with your target audience? Because the two don't always match, do they? Yes, that's that's a, that's a big question <laughs> yeah. and one that is kind of an ongoing question that we're always trying to exactly work out. Um I don't have an exact answer for you. Um, it's kind of an ever, ever changing situation. And the more insights we can get on our audience, the better. Um, we like to think from a Virgin Red perspective that our audience 
are all people's um, members of the program. Um, but from a Virgin Master Brand perspective, it's so difficult because I'm talking about over 40 companies around the world, all of which have different audiences, different target markets. So it's trying to tailor the content so it's interesting to everybody that we're reaching. Sure. So Charlotte, just thinking about Marks and Spencers and obviously thinking about fashion specifically, you must be more targeted with your audience. Yes. Um, so we have a kind of set target audience at M&S, but it's excused it slightly younger um, on our Instagram platforms um, particularly. Um, we have kind of two accounts. We've got our at Marks and Spencers account, but we've also got an at Marks and Spencers style account, which is where we're a bit bolder around our viewpoint on on style and, and, and trends and that kind of thing. Um, and we really kind of t- try and cater the different uh, content pieces to those audiences. Um, you know, we we don't always please everyone, but um, I think it's really important to try and reach our audience and what we're trying to achieve as a company um, within our content. Um, and we try and make sure that, you know, obviously there's loads of different styles out there. We try and make sure that we're covering different tastes and different styles when we're producing our content. And well, in terms of your KPIs... What's the balance between engagement versus commercial? Very much depends on the piece of content. So sometimes, you know, we're looking to really um, drive engagement and and get those kind of shares and those saves and those likes and um, those comments on our posts. But um, I think it's really important that people are engaging in it by clicking on the links. It's really important that we make everything super shoppable. We've got... Um, We've got our product codes in there. We've got our descriptions in there that people can really easily find on the website or swipe through to to purchase. So I think that's really important. And we don't, you know, it, a customer doesn't necessarily shop straight away. So they might, you know, screenshot an image that they've seen and go into a store or um, type it in online um, just based on what they've seen. So I, I think still have peppers. a screenshot of a Marks and Spencer's coat. I've not yet. My phone is full of screenshots yeah. of things I want to yeah. buy on Instagram. So I'm definitely one of those people. But um, yeah, I think it, it very much depends on 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 the type of content. But it's really important that people are clicking and looking rather than just engaging for us. So, um, And we often see it when we look at our numbers and um, we see big spikes in, in, in traffic for those particular items, which means that what we're doing is working, which is good. Um, obviously been a lot of change with social media platforms recently um, which have been the most important to you really in the last sort of year or so how have how have we prioritized social media platforms I think obviously like TikTok's been the main big change um, in and that's obviously affected lots of other platforms and how they work as well so you know Instagram originally was a picture-based platform and now it's very much a video-based platform and that's what we see people engaging with the most. We've gone from having about 50-50% uh, split between stills and, and AV and now we're, we're kind of aiming for that kind of 80% um, AV and, and that's kind of the, what we've changed um, in terms of our ways of working to make sure that, that video is, is key um, to that. Interesting. And um, for, for Virgin, is that is that similar? Is the kind of move towards TikTok and video content sort of uh, been really, really significant? Yeah, guys? I think definitely. I think that trend of people looking for lo-fi video is something we're definitely seeing. It's the content that you expect to see your friends or family sharing on their social media. So it kind of 
stops your thumb when you're scrolling and grabs your attention rather than feeling overtly like an advert. Um, but interestingly, it's we're finding the platforms are just constantly changing. We're finding that Instagram's slowly starting to favor carousel posts, for example, and it's just trying to stay ahead of those algorithm changes as they happen. Um, but it's, yeah. it's ever changing. I imagine. And I mean, talking about video, actually, while, while sort of on that topic, I, what do you sort of find is the optimum kind of length of a video these days? Or is that, is that, is that even a question that's, that can be answered? Do you find the real trends there? For us, the shorter, the better. Um, that's kind of our, our sweet spot at the moment, less than 20 seconds if we can. Obviously, sometimes there's more messages you need to get in there and it goes longer, but we, we always aim to be a minute at the maximum. Interesting. Is that the same for... Yeah, definitely. I think there's always exceptions to the rule, especially when they link back to a trend or something that you're seeing go viral on on TikTok and you want to kind of jump on the back of. Um, We had a video um, a couple of weeks ago that had nearly 900,000 views and it was around our um, sustainability, around um, being able to take your old school uniform in and um, get... and. They then donate it to charity, and you, yeah, and it's a really great initiative that MS uh, does. And the video, I think, was forty-five seconds. It's one of our best performing ever. But on average, I think those six to ten-second videos are what performs best and stop you when you're scrolling. And did you get money off if you took your uniform? Yes, in? you did. Yes, and I'm yeah. sure that as a mum, yeah. that would have been a very attractive offer. It's these little bins in in our stores, and you can scan a QR code, and yeah, it's um, an initiative that I think everyone's getting really behind and it's a really fantastic yeah. initiative great so it's a couple of billionaires fighting it out at the moment on <laughs> social media yeah. um and it you know obviously we've had the launch of threads recently and the recent rebrand of twitter to x so what are your thoughts what do you think vicky who's gonna win <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's such an interesting one and really following it very closely i think with the launch of Breads, it's a massive opportunity for brands, but it's really reliant on Meta kind of keeping that momentum. I think at the moment, it's... Well, very... Metaverse has died already, hasn't yeah. it, pretty much? So yeah. it's like... The, the product's very bare bones. It's missing a lot of key functionality and engagement rate on it is dropping quite significantly. Mm. So I think the sooner they can add that additional functionality so it can actually compete with Twitter. Otherwise, they're going to have a lot of members but not many active daily users. So, Do you think it was the right decision for them to make to just launch something that's a copycat that possibly isn't as good versus actually just launching something new? Do we need another Twitter-style platform? I think it has got real potential. And I think my first views of it when I first started using it was that it was actually a really nice positive space, which felt very like the Twitter of old. And I think if we can get back to that, that would be amazing. Um, but as you said, I think it just needs those extra features. It needs to give you that reason to come back. And I think it just needs to be a bit more user friendly. I think there's definitely a place for a Twitter style platform um, if um, the future is the X or Twitter you know, doesn't get used to the same extent it used to. I'm did not you sure. find it less polarised then? I think it was... Less angry. Yeah, it was <laughs> a bit less of a negative space, but yeah. I don't know if that's because there was a lot of early adopters and those are a different audience to 
to the people. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Because there's been so much criticism of Twitter recently for the amount of misinformation, polarisation, trolling, et cetera, et cetera, and whether, you know, the algorithm had specifically been changed in a particular way to deliver up more potential hate on that platform than, than obviously we want in the world. Yeah, I think there is obviously a lot of people out there that use Twitter as a very negative place and a place where they control other people or other companies or or have their, their opinion sat behind a keyboard. And I think that's the danger with Twitter. It, it, it becomes a very... Um, a place where it's very easy to share an opinion that doesn't necessarily, um, where you're hid, hid behind a, a, a screen. And I think that's obviously the danger of Twitter. It's very easy to do. Um, whereas, you know, when you're sharing a picture or an image or a video, it, it's 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 got less opportunity for you to have that kind of conversation sure. on it. Although it obviously still happens on those platforms. And we, I think overall, I think, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of rise in in negative um, conversations on all platforms. I think controlling. Yeah. yeah. On the on the flip side, with with Twitter, don't you think that part of the thing that people like about it, although they might not admit it to themselves, is the fact that you can just get all of that tension. You can get that sort of that sense of drama. You can get that sense of the unexpected. It's it's got that sort of excitement level to it. And obviously, there are lots and lots of downsides, as you said about that, but. Do you think there's a danger that the likes of Threads could be a bit vanilla, a bit I've, sort of a bit safe? There's loads of people talking about leaving Twitter because of the shift in language yeah. and mm-hmm. negativity and hate and trolling and so forth and the inability to have, you know, positive um, and rewarding conversations there. So I think actually, you know, what you're saying about Threads, I think is is great to hear. Um because then it just if it just becomes this platform that's just driving engagement because the amount of you know nasty um, kind of commentary that's on there, then that just becomes a self fulfilling place mm. of the same sort of thing, doesn't it? I think it can be a place where you know you can go to to have a discussion or see what's happening in the world as well. You know, um, if even if like a train station's you know closed or a road's closed, I go straight to Twitter to try and find out what's happened, and yeah. I think you know, it still has that element to it, which is really positive or, you know, something's happened on TV or, or there's like, I don't know, like Love Island or something like that. You know, people still go to Twitter to have those discussions in a more positive light or or find out what's happened in the there and now. And I think Twitter or, or threads can be good for that, but I think it does need to be a more positive space um, for it to really work. So Vicky, what do you think of Brand X then? It's an interesting one and... You know, I've kind of read the justification around Twitter doesn't make sense as a name because the the use of the platform has changed. You can now write longer form and you can upload longer video upload longer video. But um it's it's an interesting one. There's been a lot of changes on the platform and I haven't seen much positivity come from the changes. I mean, a lot of a lot of the demand for a platform like threads comes from the fact there's a lack of moderation on twitter um and i do think that is fueling the negativity i think it's always been prone to that negativity but it definitely seems to be getting worse and i'm not sure that changing the name to x is really going to address those issues yeah no absolutely i mean if we were looking specifically at climate for example there's a huge amount of data now showing that people who are in support of climate action are definitely not getting the profile that they were getting on twitter for example versus climate people who are 
fueling climate denial. So there's a definite shift happening on that platform. So Brand X, what do you think? I just don't think anyone's going to change from calling it Twitter. Um, I think it, it. I saw a tweet yesterday. An X. Uh, that is thing, uh, exactly. It's a tweet, so what's yeah. it there? An X? Yeah. Apparently, that's what you call them. Yeah. <laughs> so what's about that bit? Of course, it's the quite most imagined. obvious thing, isn't it? <laughs> I imagine ever saying that. It just, it doesn't have the same ring to it. Not quite. No. Um, I saw a tweet from Channel 4 being like, well, people still call us 4AD, so good luck. And I thought that was really funny because people are just not going to change it. But, no. um, and I, I, I just think it's a, it's a bit of a bizarre decision when you've got such an established and well-known brand such as twitter to change the name buying that brand equity really aren't you exactly yeah you sort of mentioned kind of trolling and some of the other challenges at at, at the moment that have been there for a while i suppose what what do you think are the biggest challenges at at the moment in in your roles and vicky what what do you think i think one of the the biggest challenges it's not necessarily a new challenge but it's an ongoing challenge is that competing for people's attention and I do think it's getting harder and harder especially with the rise of apps like TikTok where people are going there for purely entertainment purposes and it's that battle of how do you get people's attention and be entertaining to people but in a way that's still relevant to your brand and you're still getting your message across you're still building that brand awareness and brand love in a way that's relevant and not just throwing everything out the window and just doing what's going to get you the views um so it's definitely that battle for attention i think is one of our is our biggest challenges yeah i can well imagine and um charlotte do you have a similar yeah i really agree on that and i think although instagram and and tiktok are both um video led platforms now they still what works best is still very different so it's that constant need to create more and more content and to constantly change it and look at new ways and ideas because the trends move so quickly. What works, you know, two months ago might not work in two months' time. And I think, you know, it's um, it's constantly having to change things. And, and in a world where you, you might be shooting something four months before um, it comes out, it's quite difficult to predict what those trends and what's going to work. But, you know, I think we try our best. Um, How do you manage that in your team out of interest? Is there a sort of process that you're always going through on a weekly basis of constantly reviewing trends and discussing new ideas? And four months ahead sounding, you know, is that simply because of the way that retail is working more than anything? Yeah, I mean, we, we over the last couple of weeks, have been shooting stuff for, for Christmas. So, you know, we have to shoot uh, content um, super far in advance. Um there's obviously, you know, there's things that don't change, those kind of fast transitions, those, you know, interesting um, movements, um, like, you know, those things don't change. And I think, you know, if you, you incorporate those into your content, you know, you're usually onto a bit of a winner. You have to make sure the kind of the product, certainly in clothing, is, is really key and clear. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So that people can see it. Um, and they're inspired by it. But I think, you know, we're constantly looking and sharing between our team, like things we've seen, things from other brands that we think are amazing. We've got brands that we, you know, think do an amazing job on um, um, on social media and we're constantly sharing it with each other. We've got a really great creative team in-house and we work with some great agencies. So, you know, we're constantly just sharing um, between each other, I think, you know, me and um, my boss are constantly uh, sending each other stuff on TikTok or Instagram. So I think that's kind of how we try and keep on top of it. So to that point, what campaigns are you most proud of in recent times? Ooh. Or ever? <laughs> I always think, you know, the M&S Christmas ads are always kind of iconic. Everyone remembers that and has their favourites. Um, you know, I always love working on those ones. But, you know, actually... We've done some amazing campaigns. Our bra fit campaign that we did last year was amazing. We worked with, you know, an amazing um, range of women on that campaign. And, you know, it always feels really nice when you, when you can be um, really inclusive in your campaigns and, and kind of do something that you haven't done before, which still really excites me when, when I see one of our campaigns go live, especially when you've been on the shoot and you're there throughout it. You've come up with the ideas. You've worked with your videographer you've worked with your editors and, and to see it go live I think is still really exciting. And are all those videographers and editors in-house? Uh, no so we work um, depends on the different campaigns but we have kind of a group of different videographers and uh, video companies that we work with regularly. Um, I think they probably feel like they're constantly on M&S campaigns but um, yeah they I'm love sure working with us. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I think they enjoy working with us most of the time. Uh, apart from when we go through multiple rounds of amends they're like you've got two um yeah. we end up on like eight um but they love it really um but yeah we've got a, a, a whole host of different um videographers and companies that, that we work with on that um and we kind of get them in the office so they really feel like an extension of the team which is always quite nice and if there was a campaign that you could think of you were like oh I wish we'd done that Ooh. what would it be and to give you a second to think about that, I'm going to come to, come to you, and Vicky, and just think, you know, about the favourite campaigns that you've worked on over the last could be last couple of years or ever. What would it be? So I think one of my favourite activations um, was in New York in April this year. Um, it was for the grand opening of Virgin Hotels, New York City, and we did an activation that brought together. It was Virgin Red US, Virgin Hotels, Virgin Atlantic. The Activation in New York brought together all those Virgin companies. Um, and I ran a treasure hunt across New York. So I was posting live on Instagram stories, different locations. Um, and I went to that location with one of my colleagues, Angie, and the doorman from Virgin Hotels, New York. And he was holding this iconic red telephone. And then we posted the location and the first person to see the Instagram story, get to the spot, pick up the phone and shout, yes, uh, won a prize from one of the Virgin companies. Um, it was quite tense on the first day when we put the first location up. So I was like, what do we do? 
if nobody comes. Um, and it was like that first, I think the first person actually came in four minutes. It was four minutes of very tense, like camera ready, like looking yeah. to capture someone running up. And then the second that first person sprinted up to the phone and picked it up, I was like, this is going to be a success. Now in PR land, we'd normally make sure that we had somebody around the corner to I know. make sure they were going to turn up. Did you, did you not was, do that? The whole thing was planned so last minute that I was on the day and I was like, what we're gonna do? I was yeah. gonna even know anybody in New York to like bring I mean, up as many renter crowds outside the opening of anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was we were very fortunate because we did not have a backup plan. Um, we were just very, very reliant on it being a success, and thankfully it was. It was we did it over two days, and we had people chasing us down the street we had people that were just stood waiting at iconic spots in the hope that that was going to be the next location and we'd get there and people would be like trying to grab the phone I was like, haven't you even posted it yet yeah um, fun. yeah really so it was fun. really good and I think in a world where it's typically so difficult to get any engagement on social media like you're really battling for that attention so to have something where we're not only getting people to engage but we're getting people running across New York chasing after us trying to pick up this phone it was it was really quite amazing to have that many people engaged. Yeah, I can imagine that. Would it's always one of those moments where you're like, what is my job when you're doing these really <laughs> yeah. random people? Yeah. We, we had some uh, two people in our team and a videographer uh, out in central London yesterday asking people on Vox Pops if they were wearing M&S knickers. So <laughs> that was, I think when I told them, they were, uh, the team, that they were going to do that, they were like, what? What am I doing today? It's yeah. those like pinch me moments. You're yeah. like, this is my job. I mean, working in PR, PR especially as well we oh god the things I've ended up asking my team to do and they've so graciously done it you know there's some very random things that can happen in the world especially when you're getting stunts off the ground so yeah I feel that's a podcast in itself isn't it I think it, it might be I've got all the stories <laughs> running through my head now where I just feel like going I'm so sorry I made you do that guys it's the weirdest thing you've ever done as part of the yeah 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 there's there's yeah that's definitely a podcast yeah mental note um yeah so moving on I mean how do you think the role of the social media manager has changed? What, what the kind of like main changes you've seen in the past, say, kind of 12 to 18 months, maybe maybe two years? I'd say one of the biggest changes, I don't even know if it's a change, but something that I've noticed is that a social media manager role now is encompassing so many different things. I think more than ever, there's kind of an expectancy for you to be able to do all aspects of social media. Um, and while I don't necessarily think that should be the case, um, I think there definitely is that expectation of you, you need to be able to do the creative side. You need to be able to do the editing. You need to be able to go out and shoot, but you also need to be able to do the copywriting, but also do the reporting and understand the numbers. Um, so it's such a wide reaching role and I don't see the industry kind of moving away from that anytime soon either. Interesting. Yeah. Is that something you've seen as well? Yeah, I oh. agree. I, I actually really like that about my job and um, and role is that it is really kind of broad and that you can be, you know, analyzing numbers and, and looking at uh, making like creative recommendations one minute and then, you know, you're, you're out on a shoot. Uh, in the rain asking people on the street what pants they're wearing so um, I think it, it's it's really um, varied and I think you know it, it's it's got much bigger you know being able to create content on the back of a big above the line campaign is always a bit of a like pinch me moment where you think you know this is I've been at M&S for for six years in social media so it's quite a long time so you know and it's changed so much and um and you know we've got a whole team of people that that um are doing this 
these roles at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's amazing that it's kind of grown and changed so much and, and that kind of the whole business is really behind what we're doing on social media now. And, you know, we've got multiple accounts. Um, you know, I don't work on the food side of the business, but they've got, you know, whole accounts for Percy Pig and Colin the Caterpillar, which do incredibly well. And, you know, we work all our um, store um Imagine running the account for Percy Pigs. I'm just thinking. Oh, <laughs> I know. I how see would them around the office. Come up with the Percy Pigs all day long. Yeah, it is a brand that just keeps giving them, isn't it? Yeah, no, it does it incredibly well, and they've got so many followers. And um, and then all of our um, our store teams, they've all got um, Facebook accounts now and TikTok accounts, and some of them. I mean, most people have heard of the M&S Romford store, um, who ha- even have like Christmas songs every year that come out. Um, but some of those um, videos do incredibly well. I think it's um, really important for our customers to be able to kind of see and get to know the people that um, that they go into the store to visit. You know, some of them are kind of famous in their own right, um, which is always um, baffling, but actually really, really lovely that people go and visit the store staff that are, ha- are creating content. Um, it sounds like so. It sounds like the scale is on a. A different level to than it was a few years ago but also that the, the leadership have really got buy-in and they really take it seriously um do you think that's been a, a, a really big change not necessarily in the last year and a half two years but maybe over a longer period that people really see how crucial it is yeah definitely and i think i actually think um covid actually really helped people see the value of social media all of a sudden you know we weren't able to do these big photo shoots so we're very reliant on um, influencers and um, we've got our insiders program that um, that are kind of internal influencers that uh, also work at MS and have their own account um, and we um, and working with them we were able to produce lots and lots of content really quickly and speedily without having to have a big big photo shoot people were at home on their phones um more than ever and and you know that was where people were kind of looking for information and news around like what was happening in the world and I think you know it really helped uh, everyone kind of get behind social media probably and it probably sped it up a lot but you know overall I think at M&S everyone's kind of always been and seen the importance of social media but and that it's growing so I think that's that's really good that people see that. I suppose also with that, we're in a kind of constant permacrisis as well, aren't we? Yes. Yes. So the the need for kind of that always on yeah. constant communication has probably never been felt more, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's such a unique channel in the fact that you have that constant communication with the audience and that it's a, a two-way conversation with them as well. A lot of other channels kind of can convey your message, but you can't then get the response and you can't gauge how the message is landing in the same way. And also kind of your permission to what you do and don't talk about in the level of permacrisis that might be out there or different, you know, world events that might be happening. Um, that can also be a challenge. Yes, I think, you know, it's it's always interesting seeing how people react to different things almost like instantly. You know, you might have to completely change your campaign on the back of something that's happened in the world or or completely change at a very fast pace kind of what your plans are and I think it becomes quite an exciting thing and it's always changing but you know it's also a a real challenge because you have to listen to your audience and and what they're telling you and what they're reacting to can change almost instantly overnight. So to that point obviously being nimble and fast how are you working with other agencies? 
Um, so most, a lot of that, what we do is is in house. Um, we have a kind of ad agency that we we work with on some of our kind of bigger advertising campaigns. We also uh, our paid social team who sit um, separately, but we work super closely and produce the content for. Um, they have their kind of own agency. Um, but the majority of what we do is actually um, in-house. We have our kind of influencer agencies that we work with super closely. Um, but I think it's really a nice thing that MS kind of owns a lot of their relationships with influencers or um, ourselves, which you know means we can build those relationships with those influencers who then become really kind of loyal to the brand and we have some great relationships with them. So typically not working on the PR with any PR agency on social. Just an, yeah. it's quite an interesting conversation around where PR did or didn't manage to establish itself in the social media world. So if we think about yeah. some of the great campaigns that have happened over the last couple of years, some of them actually have come from, you know, PR agencies. If I think yeah. about Beans and Weetabix, for yeah. example, you know, obviously a fantastic campaign. Yeah. We knew it was going to be so successful, but also we know that the rise of very dedicated social media agencies has yeah. stolen the march to some yeah. degree. So we work super closely with our PR team in some of their kind of amazing initiatives and ideas we help uh, to bring to life. But um, we, yeah, we have an amazing like in-house PR team that we we work with. We're constantly looking for kind of new ideas. They put on some amazing events that we try and make sure that we can bring to life on social media so that. You know, everyone can see them rather than just a select few people. So um, we don't really like have an agency that, that kind of works on social media ideas. We try and do most of it um, in-house. in-house. Yeah. Vicky, what about you? So we do do a lot of it in-house. Yeah. but I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And we do actually have a new, we're standing team, we have a new person joining in August, which will help us even more of our in-house capability. Um, but we do... With Virgin Red, we do work with a social media agency, um, Cubaca, um, who we use on a monthly basis for ongoing B- BAU content. Um, so we have a really close relationship with them um, and the team there are brilliant. Um, but yeah, our PR team do also have their agency as well. And where necessary, we try and get the agencies to work together. Yeah, I suppose it's when you're delivering a big campaign that obviously needs a through-the-line integrated strategy. That's obviously where you'd be bringing those agencies yeah. together. When we have our kind of big campaigns and we have about six like huge moments throughout the year uh, that we kind of call our like big gold-level campaigns, um, all the agencies will get together and have brainstorms and we're all kind of super collaborative. And I think it's really important that when you've got agency partnerships, they feel like they're part of the same team. Absolutely. It feels like any discussion or anything related to marketing, marketing communications these days needs to mention AI at some point. So... Um, here we go. Had AI an offer for AI to write my LinkedIn post today. Really? Have you had that before? No. It was the weirdest. I was like, oh, yeah. So I went to write a post today and it said, would you like AI to help you write your post? Are you sure it wasn't just someone called Owl and you misread it? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I was like, no, I'm perfectly capable myself. Thank you very much. Yeah. How weird. Yeah, it How was weird. weird. Anyway, I do think it's interesting to get an idea about whether AI is on your radar, particularly in terms of your roles, or if you think it's something that's very much needs the sort of human mind to, to coordinate. And I, I think it can be, you know, a really great tool that can allow you to add a, you know, real personalization into something. And I think, you know, you could 
uh, sit here all day and, and write, you know, multiple lines and everyone reacts to someone, something different. Um, and I think that can be a really good place for AI, but I think it is really important that you have a human element to, to it. And I think I don't see that changing particularly anytime in the near future. I don't know when you it's quite scary when you listen yeah, to actually how big and how clever potentially AI is going to be and its ability to potentially completely replace the social media team. I mean, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully um, not. Well, hopefully yes. it won't put us all out of a job. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it is really interesting and, and I think it's really important that, you know, everyone in the team kind of keeps on top of what's out there and what other people are doing with it. But um, I think, you know, we know that currently everyone really responds to kind of that human nature and that, that that more kind of natural conversational element that I think you can only have as a as a human being. I suppose the, the, the jury is still out on how human it's going to get, right? Yeah. I think that's the main yeah. thing, isn't it? That's, that's the kind of $64 million question, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And Vicky, what about you? Yeah, so we don't use AI at the moment, but... I mean, it's definitely something that I think everybody is is looking at and watching closely to see how it develops. Um, I do think there will be a role for it in the future. Um, exactly what that role will be, I'm unsure. Um, I think, like you say, Charlotte, I think there's a an essential role in human beings and adding that apps mm. that that personality and understanding of the brand and understanding how people resonate and react to things. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting one and it is really terrifying. But I like to think it will make it easier to do our jobs rather than steal our jobs. That's the way I like to think of it. Oh, I don't know. Richard Branson said it's going to be jobs. We're only going to have maybe working three days a week, which is why we need a universal basic income, because I think definitely there are not going to be as many jobs. So yeah. I think it is interesting from like a customer service point of view. You know, I've used them before where you can, you know, they can look at, where your order is without having to um to speak to someone and I think that's quite interesting because it can free up your customer service team to actually um look at the things that that perhaps are less kind of simple or something that you can be a bit more creative in and kind of more engaging in and I think you know if it can free up people's time to do stuff like that then I think that's obviously a helpful thing yeah. any tool that can help me get out and about more capturing content then I'm all for it it's just it's finding the right the right way to go about it right tools to use and yeah and, it, and obviously there being the right checks and balances in place to make sure that these new technologies that have great you know opportunity also have incredible downsides and it's how we manage those two things exactly. together isn't it there's a lot of implications so absolutely consider so thinking ahead over the next 12 to 18 months what would you say Vicky are the kind of things that are really on your mind and if an agency was like I'm going to come and run a workshop with you and it's going to be about this what would it be about I think for us the at the moment our, our biggest focus is TikTok and trends and how can you best take advantage of trends and how can you jump on them and how can we get that reactive speed up um I think Instagram's prioritizing lo-fi video but in a very different way to TikTok like the trends are there but often a little bit slower or different trends um so it's navigating that whole landscape I think there's a lot to be aware of um but yeah I think for us that's our biggest opportunity Charlotte I agree I think it's around like really catering 
your content to the platform and I think you know TikTok and Instagram are kind of what you need to create for them is very different so I think you know TikTok is a massive priority for us over the next kind of 12 to 18 months and creating content that people are going to will resonate with and engage with and I think having a bit more fun on those platforms is really important where Instagram it's all around like you know really inspiring people and getting getting that engagement but actually inspiring people with amazing product and and showcasing kind of how to wear it and how to style it and I think you know that's we've almost kind of got to a really good place with that so it's how we can then replicate that on something like TikTok. So it sounds like TikTok, TikTok and more TikTok. Yeah, yeah. that's really what the year ahead is all about. And maybe a bit of a thread, who knows? Maybe. Well, Gosh, yeah, it depends what see. they do with it. I mean, at the moment, you can't even get any insights. So you could have some really great performing posts, but all you can see is the likes and comments. You can't see how many people you've reached. You can't see. So there's a lot for them to do, but maybe. And did they launch really before they were ready, do you think, therefore? I think so. I mean, that often happens I think in tech, it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Stuff is normally out. And PR people are going, not yet, stop. I think they wanted to test it. And I think, you know, there was so many, so much conversation out there around Elon Musk and what he was doing with Twitter or X, um, I should say. But um, I think, yeah, they wanted to get it out whilst strike while the iron's hot, yeah. I think. There's definitely an appetite for it. It's just how yeah. they maintain the momentum. I think we all said that about uh, Instagram stories. They were like, no one's going to use it. And then, yeah. Yeah. Three years, four years down the line. Yeah, everyone's... Meta do have a track record of taking features from other platforms and for the most part they do make it work yeah definitely well listen thank you so much it's been a fantastic conversation thank you both to charlotte and vicky um really appreciated hearing all your amazing insights on social media land and thank you so much for listening too we'll look forward to you joining us next time imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.